Welcome to Hemp Logic Radio, where we attempt to sift facts from opinions in this upside-down world of industrial hemp. Here's your host, Corey Sharp and John Tucci. <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to get old. I don't think that's ever going to get old. <laughs> Very good. Well, good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, uh, Ross, are you with us? Yeah, I am. How's it going? Can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah. We can hear you. We can hear you. You just popped on. Good. I'm actually... I just cut you on it. Yeah. So good. where I'm are you at in the world too, right Corey. now? Where, where I'm over in, uh, in I'm in a, I'm in a Pennsylvania, right outside of uh, Pittsburgh, and I'm actually sitting here with uh, Dave Jerkson, my my partner too, Corey. Hey, All David, right, how are you, John? I, I'm doing well, John. Good to hear from you. How you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? Good. Why don't you, David? Why don't you go ahead and call in, man? I'll just I'll just I'll just patch you in, and you can just have your own your own line. Perfect. I'll do that. All right, cool. I'll let you Wonderful. Know. So, anyway, so you're in you're in Pennsylvania. What are you guys doing in Pennsylvania? Well, we're actually in the final stages of getting our uh, hemp flower warehouse set up. Uh, we've got about a 45,000-square-foot 40, building here that we've uh, got completely set up just for uh, drying, curing, uh, burping, trimming, and packaging smokable hemp flower. Hmm. Wonderful. Oh, right on. Right on. Um, yeah. Uh, so you know what we we got we got totally sidetracked in the beginning and and we're John you know I think we're gonna have to just make some notes so we just read have every morning we read off or every every episode we just read off because we forget half the crap that we're supposed to be talking about. Um, everyone, we got. Um, <laughs> oh, how we do it though? World, That's man. how we do it. We, we've That's got, how we roll. We've got Andrew Andrew Ross CEO of uh, Patriot Shield and David Dirksen, uh, the CLO, will be joining us shortly as soon as he gets dialed in here. But uh, that's who we've got on the podcast this morning. We're going to be talking a little bit about security. We're going to be talking about just the hemp industry. Uh, maybe if, if Andrew feels like it, maybe he could tell us a little story about Oklahoma. But we'll, we'll get to that. We've got 45 minutes. But that's who we've got on the, the podcast today. I'm super excited. These guys, uh, one of the, yes. you know, one of the one of the good guys, one of the good guys, definitely. Um, and and they've helped uh, Hemp Logic go uh, and do some things and and push their business forward as well. So anyway, welcome Andrew. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, tell us a little bit more about what you guys do, and you know, we'll kind of blend in some other things. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the introduction, Corey. Um, yeah, so Hemp uh, or uh, Patriot Shield, we're a third-party logistics company for uh, the cannabis space. Um, so we, you know, we started with transportation and security, um, bringing a long background and history from the from the marijuana side over to hemp, uh, where we're pretty heavily focused now. And um, you know, from the, just the security and, and transportation, we've kind of expanded into a couple other avenues. Like I said, we're out here in Pennsylvania, setting up a basically a harvest support facility specifically for hemp flower. So. You know, we've just in our logistics uh, kind of supply chain, we've expanded into a couple different, you know, verticals. But, you know, at the end of the day, we kind of look at ourselves as uh, problem solvers. And so we're always just working with working with our clients and trying to figure out, you know, where we can jump in and help and, 
you know, we can uh, take a little take a little bit of work off of some of the farmers and do it ourselves, you know, save them a little bit of money or make a little more cost effective. That's, that's kind of what we're looking to do. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I know for just for hemp logic's sake, uh, what you guys have done for us, you you've transported seed for us from Colorado to uh, Medford. Uh, you did that for us, and you have uh, transported all our seedlings. And well, you I know I've given you more money than that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was a fun project for us because. Uh, you know, we were trying to just kind of stay seasonal with the industry. And, you know, at the end of last year, we, we got pretty big into transporting, you know, biomass. And then as that kind of started drying up, we, we started moving a lot more concentrates, isolate and distillate. And then, you know, coming into the, the spring, summer, there wasn't too much of that to move either. So um, we kind of added on to more of our services um, and really uh, kind of geared ourselves up towards, uh, you know, transporting seeds, uh, genetics, seedlings, clones, whatever we could move. So we actually outfitted a couple trucks, as you guys saw, and, uh, you know, kind of moved some stuff around uh, as early as as early as the plant, uh, the babies, so. Yeah, I remember this spring. I remember, uh, I'm not claiming that it was my idea, but I remember hitting up Dave and I said, you guys might want to start looking at transporting, transporting uh, seedlings. And, and then it was, he went and then, he dove in deep. I mean, just give you a little bit of background, everyone. These guys are these guys are ex-Marines, kind of like I am, and I think that's why we have such a, a, a tight relationship. Is that uh, Marines are, are just they're a special breed, and you, you don't really you've never been a part of it. It's kind of hard to understand when you get five Marines in a room and there's ten people in the room. Those five Marines will they'll they'll bunch you up in a heartbeat, <clears throat> and. So I think that, that kind of when, when these guys hit me up, I don't know, two years ago, uh, there was a direct connection right out of the gate. So uh, there's a definitely no no stop, no if you if you give them a task, they're gonna they're gonna do what they need to do whether they lose money on it or not because they told you that they were gonna do it. So anyway, that's my that's my my, my take on the Patriot Shield tonight. <laughs> so, 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 so let me so let me ask because. Um, I think maybe uh, what what goes uh, in my consulting conversations, logistics and transportation. Uh, I usually have to bring it up uh, as a you know as a cost factor or even you know if uh, a viable you know uh, thing to uh, to entertain it, and uh, it kind of gets you know like last minute added on. What's some of the logistical uh, problems or uh, things that people need to be aware of, or uh, how does that affect the bottom line, the transportation? Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously a pretty necessary piece of the puzzle, right? I mean it's once it comes Correct. out of the field, it's it's got to go somewhere. So how how does that piece get solved? Um, and I mean from when you talk about what kind of issues there are, I mean we've seen everything from you know we've gone to farms before that that don't even have a scale and they're trying to eyeball out you know a 350 pound super sack. So right. the, logist, the logistical nightmares are are pretty apparent kind of across the board. So. Um, you know, from our end, we, we really try and take as much of that off of our clients as we can. So we, you know, we dive into the compliance aspect. We work on um, getting licensed wherever we can get licensed, staying on top of the other states' regulations as they come out with, um, you know, transportation guidelines or right. permits or licenses or whatever we can get our hands on to stay you know, kind of one step ahead of the curve. That's kind of what we focus on. So, um, you know, right now we've got 
Um, a standing permit in Utah might be one about the only uh, standing permits in the state. We were bugging them so much because they had a single-use permit that they just gave us a, kind of a standing permit that just punch runs through. Um, right. We're also working on permits in Kansas. Um, and, you know, like I said, anywhere else that will come out with the transportation license specific to hemp, we'll, we'll have that. So, 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 so. Uh, a, a lot of people are under the impression they can just put this in the back of their truck and, and haul and haul off. That's not the case, is it? That, that's definitely not the case. We're uh, pretty pretty prime examples of that. Um, uh, <laughs> even when you even when you're even when you do things exactly correct, um, you can still run into pretty significant problems with with law enforcement. It's really just a kind of a education piece that that's missing right now, and it's it's not really any anybody's fault. It's just these laws came out so quick. Um, there just Correct. wasn't a lot of time for people to stay ahead of it. And even just as we look at the different states, I don't, I don't know why they do this, but every state seems to make up new laws completely from scratch that they don't follow any of the problems that the states yeah, before them I, are figuring out. Yeah, they're not copy and pasting, quote, unquote, what's been kind of vetted already. They're, they're, they're starting from scratch and is lagging behind. And that's, that's a big misconception uh, because you know, a lot of these farmers are used to, you know, hauling off their grain in the back of the truck and bringing it to the processing lab. And, and uh, when, I, when, I, when I, you know, talk about transportation and did you figure, did you figure that in? Is, oh, I have my own trucks. Oh, I have my own trucks. Well, that, that doesn't solve the case. I mean, you have your own trucks, but how are you getting it from A to B? Let me ask you this question. Do you have to uh, alert anybody on your, on your uh, transportation route? Do you have to tell them I'm going to take Highway 5 to Highway 27 and, you know, be, be here? Do you have to be that transparent? No, you don't. There's, like I said, there's almost no guidelines around transportation whatsoever. There's, I wish it was, it was more regulated, and they said, hey, submit your guidelines or your routes or whatever. That would make it very standardized and across the board. However, that that doesn't exist. So, because right, you, you're, well, you're, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say what what we found out in uh in our situation in Oklahoma, which you know I'm, I'm, I know you guys are aware of, but uh, it was actually yes. Dave and myself. Uh, we were transporting through Oklahoma. It was uh it was a shipment going from Kentucky to Colorado. This is a legal shipment of hemp. We had 60 certificates of analysis. That was one COA for every single package of hemp that we had with us, as well right. as. Uh, certifications from the state of Kentucky, the release from the state of Kentucky, the licensing paperwork for the lab in Colorado, bill of ladings on, you know, every package. Like it was, this was above board. Right. And we, we got pulled over uh, just for a, a traffic violation. One thing led to another. The law enforcement was in the back of the trucks looking through the product and we walked away in handcuffs or got yep escorted away in handcuffs so and that was as above board as you could get like you said we had all of the documentation in place we had every stamp you could think of on that piece of paper and still at the end of the day we we ran into significant issues with law enforcement so right well you got you got done, a couple of guys on the side of the road looking at coas they have no, they, and, and and looking at coas but in the back of the truck it looks like a, a, a bunch of marijuana mm-hmm. yeah right it's, it's a horrible so, situation and it all came down to them doing just a binary test. So basically, we all know that industrial hemp has THC still in it. They did the binary Correct. test and tested positive for THC. That's ultimately why we were arrested. Oh, just because it was yeah, positive, so, not not the threshold, not not that it was below right. the threshold. Just because, wow. right. So they they just don't really have those that the, the ability to test that accurately on the side of the road. So 
I mean, of course, yes, of course. So for wow. so for us before this happened, I mean, we were you know we were a, a hemp secure transportation company. You know, we were gearing right. up to stop you know fast and the furious you know highway robberies on the side of the road. We were you know above compliant as well, but you know we didn't realize the extent to which the the problem in dealing with law enforcement really was. So really, right, you weren't worried forward, about law enforcement. You were worried about the cowboys out there, not even thinking law enforcement was going to be a problem. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, really, from that point forward, we've we've really that that's been the focus of our transportation business. It's not so much, you know, the the given, which is you know how do we secure the product, um, you know, just through right. security procedures that we're carrying over from the military, uh, insurance, video monitoring procedures, and the works that we've got. Now it's figuring out how do we deal with law enforcement when we're stopped on the side of the road. How do we, you know, get out of that situation? So we, we started this with you asking, are you required to notify law enforcement of uh, the routes that you take and where you go? Correct. No, you're not. But are there certain things that you can do from a transportation perspective to, you know, mitigate problems and work closely with law enforcement as best as you can and, you know, kind of reach out That's ahead of time and, and try and create those relationships so that really our problem in Oklahoma was when we were sitting on the side of the road, um, you know, within a couple hours, there was TV reporters there. There were three law enforcement mm-hmm. agencies, and they were calling it the largest, you know, marijuana bus in Oklahoma history. And yep, as I they started the making stuff. those calls up, yeah, they made those calls up their food chain. It got all the way to the governor's desk before anybody really jumped in and, and kind of stopped it. So, you know, having having some of those connections and, and relationships and pushing some of that information to people between, you know, that cop on the side of the road and the governor is a, is a pretty good idea. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> are, are you, will you be making any trips through Idaho? We will not be. So Idaho, and I wish, <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from Idaho, actually, guys, so I wish, you know. Oh, how about that? But, yeah, so, you know, Idaho is, is one of those last few states that just, you know, even with the memos coming out from the federal government saying you can't interfere with transportation, they're saying not in Idaho. <laughs> so um, it's, you know. And it's, it's kind of funny, actually, right? Because with marijuana, it was we were, it was the opposite situation where the government was saying, "No, you can't do this," and the states were like, "Well, we're going to do medical marijuana programs anyways." And now it's the opposite. Right. The government's saying, "Yeah, you got to do hemp," and Idaho's like, "Nah, we're not going to." <laughs> so, no. so, so, finish, finish. Let, let let everybody know what happens to the product on the back of the truck when the when the uh, the, the officer on the side of the road mixes it up. What, what happened to that product? Um, so, you know, the product was seized. Um, it, it ended up uh, sitting in a lockup down in Oklahoma. We're, we're still kind of going through the process of, of getting that released and figured out. So, um, although oh, it's the, just, that, I was just, you know, nine months later, it's still getting worked out. Um, so, you know, it was probably, wow. a, it was probably a catastrophic loss to that product. Just an incredibly unfortunate circumstance. And I don't like to tell this story to, to scare people and, and make farmers think that, you know, this is going to happen to their product necessarily. Honestly, I think this was a kind of a really good case for the industry. And it, it was like that DA looks really, really bad. This brought a lot of light to kind of transportation problems. And I don't feel that anybody's really weighed in on their side of it. So I think everybody right. feels like this was should have been a, a pretty open and closed case. And so I, I feel like it opened up a, a lot of education to law enforcement to look at this a little differently. They might not know what to do, but they're at least thinking about how do we deal with hemp on the side of the road. 
correct. There's got to be some kind of procedure. I mean, they they, they they check for crack. They check for all those other drugs real, you know, real qu- quickly on the side of the road. They have to they have to figure something out, whether it's a manifestation uh, or what do you call it, uh, you know, when you uh, ma- uh, your, your bill of lading and, all, and, and the test results from the lab. Who, who knows what, what they need? But it's, it's, there's going to be a uh, – it's going to be interesting to see uh, just what's what's – Getting held up just in bad tra- in John, transportation I, this season. Go ahead, John. I got a I got a question. I got a, you guys. Are you starting to see fatigue in law enforcement? With I just don't care anymore. Um, is it half? Is it marijuana? I, I just don't care. Are you starting to see a little bit of fatigue in that? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I I think it's definitely coming. Um, it, you know, right now, like I said, we're over here on the East Coast, and if anything, it's it's almost beyond fatigue <laughs> over here with law enforcement. It seems like in the Virginias and in the Carolinas, um, they're they're you know they they don't know what to do. They're dealing with such a situation over here with the the smokable hemp. They can't tell who's smoking pot, who's smoking hemp. They they don't really know what to do. So they're just kind of throwing their hands up. Um, yeah. Well, that, that's why I think, you know, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Trump just, just say something kind of alluding to the fact that legalization is coming on the marijuana yeah. side? I, and you know what? I, that's what I thought. And, you know, I was on the marijuana side for a long time before hemp. But honestly, I, I don't know. Like, things are going so well with hemp and CBD. I almost see it slowing down the legalization of marijuana. It, it's it's I feel like. There's so much positive with with the CBD and hemp that there's almost nobody really against it. It I think it might be harder to convince some of these straggler states that you know they need to pass marijuana when they're doing so well with hemp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, I I just see it as the, the uh, law enforcement just you know they pull over and they smell you know that's that's going to be the go-to line. Oh no, it's hemp. It's CBD half, and then of course, then the cop throws his hands up, and I, I can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous, you know, because well, just if think, it goes through all the little paperwork. Yeah, we're going to say children, we're definitely think of the little think of the kid on the side of the road who has a bag of CBD hemp bud and gets pulled over, and she <laughs> yeah. tries to tell tries to tell an officer, no, it's just for my anxiety, really, it's for my panic attacks. This this, this calms me so I can drive properly at night. <laughs> Yeah, we're trying to hear enough. You know, try, try and tell police about that. You know, between that, the, between that, the gar, uh, you know, they have the, the, the dogs now that, that keep you calm. Your bag, you know, your bag of weed, your, your bag of hemp weed, your your happy place. So you know, it's it's got to be part of. It's got to get accepted sooner or later. Yeah, I hope. So let me ask you, 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 you guys are, uh, just mentioned at the top of the show that you uh, have that warehouse. What's, where's, the, where's the surge in smokable hemp? I, 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 six months ago, I could not convince people to smoke it. I could not give it away. What's, so, what's changed? Do you think the baby? It, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty remarkable shift from us. I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, you know, all we ever dealt with was, was biomass and concentrates, you know, isolate, distillate. Everybody was talking about tea free and, you know, the, the remediated THC distillate. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. we got a call for, for smokable hemp transport. And I went and picked up our, our first few barrels of it and opened it up and was like, 
he's, they're trying to get us arrested. Like, <laughs> there was a thing, you know, we had to pull our own samples and, you know, right. really kind of sit down and think about it. We're like, <laughs> we got pulled over and we had a bunch of, you know, milled up biomass in the back of the truck. And now we like, this looks like, like marijuana. <laughs> marijuana. But, you exactly. know, honestly, <laughs> I don't think people quit smoking, you know, in the 70s. If we were sitting here, every all, of, all four of us would be smoking a cigarette on this podcast. I don't think right. people quit smoking cigarettes because they didn't like smoking cigarettes. I think they just – or didn't like smoking. I think it was just cigarettes and, you know, nobody wants cancer. But I think people Correct. enjoy smoking. It's like people smoke cigars forever. That's American tradition. That's right. So That's I think if we, can, if we can kind of replace some of those chemicals and some of the – some of the problems with that that come with with cigarettes. I'm not saying smoking. It's not probably not good for your lungs, Bill. But I mean, it's it's picked up a lot of. It's a healthier alternative. You know, a it's a healthier alternative. At least you're getting some byproduct with the CBD from it. But what do you? But, so I thought I thought maybe it was an overflood in the market because people uh, uh, didn't want to take it all the way out of the ground for the you know to to you know, harvesting and, and drying for the biomass thing. So they just you know figure, hey, let me let me pick the bud while it's a safer. You know, uh, you know, uh, way to do that. But you're saying, but you know, that that would mean there'd be a you know too much supply. But there is a demand for it. You're seeing a demand for it on your side as well. Absolutely, we're we're seeing a huge demand for it. It's 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 really a, a very very popular item right now. It's it's almost is it it's almost it goes exclusively into processing labs. Processing it's almost labs? exclusively what we've transported over the last few months. Not even even more so than transports to processing labs. It's just hemp flour going wow. from, you know, the really good markets like in out in Oregon or, or Colorado and coming out to the right, East right. Coast. We find that a lot of states that don't have, you know, really robust medical marijuana life programs, they have they have a lot of smoke shops and they have other ways that, that are accessible to cannabis. So Correct. I talk to right. Even besides people that, that want to quit smoking cigarettes to, to smoke hemp, there's a lot of people that they like. I, I have uh, one of our um, employees' uh, wives a couple of weeks ago, she asked, you know, she she was sitting there talking to us, and she's like, you know, you know, I, I used to smoke marijuana, but now I'm a mom, I you know, I can't do that. I really wish that well, there was just something that I could. And I don't smoke cigarettes, but I wish that there was something I could smoke that, you know, tasted good and didn't get me stoned, but wasn't like a cigarette. I was like, do you know what we do for a living? <laughs> like, Correct. Yeah, you, you, you I was like, smoke this hemp joint, and now she loves them. Well, I come home. I come. I have. I have a. I have teenage boys. I have, and some in their twenties. I have. I have a bunch of kids, and I come. I come home one afternoon, and my my twenty-two year old son and his friend are out there, and they're rolling a joint. I go, what are you doing? It was a CBD. I said, don't give me that crap. Because now I'm telling you it's CBD because I don't I, I can't get high for my job but I like to smoke. So so, so okay. and he's like twenty twenty some years old. So it's, yeah. it's it's hitting that market, you know. So like you said, it's that fixation, that oral fixation, or that smoking thing, or the whole I don't know bonding so, thing. And there's no real bad side effect. You're not getting high. And the kid drives a motorcycle. I'm saying yeah, that's pretty smart because I want to get high and drive up the highway, but I like smoking. Because when my friends right. light up, this is what I light up. So. You know, maybe that's so, where it's, you know, that's that's where the market's going. And, you know, you know, as a parent, I'd rather my kid be smoking CBD than if they're going to smoke anything at all. Right. I was, uh, I was talking to a farmer, and there, this goes back to the genetics a little bit. I was talking to a farmer, and uh, he's going to have – he's actually going to make bank. I, I really – you know, it's uh, the 
he's got high CBG. And okay. yes. you know, we're talking in that we're talking in that eighteen twenty. It's like really stupid, crazy high CBD content, and it's all going wow. smokable. And I'm going, beautiful. Oh, I'm going. All right, you actually, you know, you, you you're above the you're above the curve on this one, uh, just because of we, we planted something that was high CBG, and the plants are turning out to be have real big nasty bugs on nugs on them. Uh, it's going to be a real it's going to be a commodity for sure. Um, yeah, that, so, so, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's really what we're working on, uh, Corey. Is just focusing on that uh, side of the industry. We know, you know, a lot of people are growing for biomass, but even uh, even those those plants that you are growing for biomass, you still have those top colas that are nice and big and frosty that could be used for the flower. So what we're doing is adding value to those farmers, taking that product out of the field, drying and curing in our facility. We'll shuck it. We'll trim it and even package it for them and even help us sale as well with our network. We have quite a, a network of people that are buying this product on a regular basis. So really just adding value to the farmers. You know, instead of just taking $30 a pound for your biomass, you know, spend $30 right. a pound and we'll make you $100 a pound. Right. And it's exactly. basically right. just like it's just like processing it all the way to isolate or distillate, right? But with just mm-hmm. – you know how how booked up labs are and capacity and and space and then the price for that. Uh, this is it's basically giving it that much or more value, but it's a much quicker well, turnaround time. It's 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 the market quicker. And I'm telling you that I'm not getting calls for isolate anymore. I'm getting calls for hemp. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know what also it does, guys. These these these, uh, these farmers who haven't got the real plant. For us, we use that as a fail safe as a B plan. If you don't have the wherewithal to get out of the ground, uh, you know, harvest it properly, dry it properly, yada yada yada, and you don't have an end end user for it, because most of these people don't have a buyer for their for their isolate or their biomass rather. These labs aren't looking for uh, a bunch of biomass because they have lined up uh, isolate uh, uh, contracts. So uh, we we tell them if you can't afford the equipment or you don't have the manpower, start picking the bud, start hand picking the bud. Yep. And now so so. So you know it, it saves them all that time, like you said. You said you know, you know pay thirty to make a hundred bucks a pound. So you guys will actually come to, come to their uh, their location and do that do that work for them. Well, so what we do is we we more or less just quarterback it. it it's a very right. very laborious right, process, right, right. as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, there's a big variance too. I mean, we're talking you know some farmers they might have you know plants you know knee high, waist high. You're talking right. some plants that are you know seven feet tall. So the amount of work per plant varies pretty significantly, but uh, essentially, you know, we've got a, a good set of procedures, um, just SOPs built around how to do this. I've consulted with a lot of people, you know, especially from kind of the cannabis space, um, as well as, you know, some specialty kind of produce farmer types that have really kind of mastered how to do kind of these unique harvests. And we've got a pretty good plan we've put together. Um, we essentially go out, um, work with the farmer, make sure we get everything tested so it's compliant, um, good, good crop. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we'll basically go out, um, lean on them to kind of organize the actual work crew, but then we will well, have our well, guys let there. Let me stop you there because we can facilitate that. Hemp Logic, uh, we're doing a similar thing. Well, not a similar thing. We're, we're taking it to biomass, but we have the uh, manpower depending upon ge- geographically, but uh, if you run into a situation where the where you're you're quarterbacking a a, a a a team with not enough players, 
reach out to us because Corey's got a um, a, a, a program with a, a labor company to facilitate hands-on. To uh, we're we're taking it out of the ground for those who want to take it to the biomass, uh, so we can take it to our clients uh, who don't have a harvest plan. So uh, if you guys need labor uh, or vice versa, if, if our if our if our farmers want to um, take the route of doing the, uh, the the flower plan, we can piggyback both services. Ah, that's beautiful, John. I love it because, yeah, I mean, really, we can work anywhere in the country right now. I mean, we, you know, we'll, we'll open up some more facilities, move our way west a little bit, but we've done some degradation tests and and the the system that we oh, have really? with the with the kind of specialized crates and uh, using refrigerator trucks. I mean, we can keep this product in our vehicles for. I mean, we we had it in there for days without any degradation whatsoever. So we wow. can basically tra- and that's real important. Product that's- for- that's so smart because we talk about degradation all, degradation all the time, and it's so smart to do those before and after tests. It, it really it's going to it, that's what guys like me, salesmen or whoever are going to base our, our our knowledge on is what did you do? What, what what was it before you touched it, and what was it after you touched it? It's not how you did it. What, how did you preserve that that CBD? So, I, I, my hat's off to you to, to doing that. So I, yeah, it, gotta, that's, it's me, exciting I gotta, because I gotta. John, I got a, I got an observation here, guys. Do you, you know, everybody's seen the movie Blow with Johnny Depp, and <laughs> yeah. remember they, 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 oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so they were making the runs from California to Massachusetts, right? And yep. they just said, we need more, we need more, we need more. Is this? Are you guys saying that this coming up season, uh, that come up to, coming in the winter time, is that that East Coast, that that Northeast Coast portion of the United States is going to be just Banging for smokable CBD? As I, I do believe so. Well, wow. I looked on That's a map. I, I, Corey, I looked on a map of the concentration of CBD buyers or whatever, and it was in that northeast section, like Maine, Rhode Island, New York, Pennsylvania, that had the highest concentration. Like in the color code on the map, it was you know it was red. So I, I thought it'd be more towards you know the West Coast with Colorado and stuff like that. The concentration at the East Coast is very you know it's very hip. <laughs> you know there's a lot of people who who, who you know you got you got to realize California and uh, Colorado we've been kind of used to the legalization. The East Coast has I'm from Philadelphia to go into a pot shop nowadays. My you know my friends are, are besides themselves they're in their 60s they're like kids in candy stores they're coming out with brownies and going to sleep for three days. <laughs> But yeah, but I I I, I, I think the um yeah I I, I think the East Coast um, even when I was doing my brokering days, uh, selling the cards and doing that stuff to, uh, to the vape shops, I couldn't sell the flower, I couldn't sell the CBD flower, but a lot of the CBD cartridges were selling to the East Coast. Yep. But I'm amazed I'm amazed how much flower how much flower caught on. It has to be in the past month and a half. That and I'm listen. I'm in it. This is what I do every day, and no one's ever asked. Not only did no one's ever asked me for flour, but in the past, I don't know, two or three weeks, it's been consistent. Can I get flour? We've yeah, even well, we've even entertained a couple of uh, unicorns looking for five thousand pounds. Yeah. So I I don't want to I don't want to I hate throwing these numbers out there just because I hate you know I like managing expectations more than just you know setting high hopes, but. Correct. Uh, of course. Over the last couple months, as we were kind of beta testing and getting ready for this facility out in Pennsylvania, we had a full-blown trim operation running out of our our kind of mini facility in Denver, and uh, we brought in you know 15,000 pounds of 
uh, you know, hemp flower from 2018's harvest. It was not fresh. And we right. ran it through, trimmed it, packaged it, and sold it at pretty much all 15,000 pounds at, at, at damn near $400 a pound. Get the freak out of here. Wow. Wow. And I'm, I'm not making that wow. up. Wow. Like, it's still, like, we're Well, I know you wouldn't off. make it up. Wow. So, and well, I don't want to tell yeah, you. I, I, I have 5,000 pounds the, for you. You, 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 want, you want another 5,000 pounds? I can get you another 5,000 pounds, probably more. Probably get you 100,000 pounds no. if you want it. Oh, it's, boy. It's, it's trimmed. Trimmed trim, 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 and untrimmed. This podcast is going to start. My phone number oh, is no. 818. Yeah. 818. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. This podcast, I, 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 it just kind of dawned on me. I didn't realize where that smokable and just how big it I was. Paid I, it I, no mind, I, I paid I it no mind, Corey. I paid it no mind. I poo-pooed it. I poo-pooed it, man. These guys were on. These guys were above the bell curve, man. I, I, I you know, yep. kudos. Well, you, I, I'll say this, guys, is that you, you're, you're in the industry on a daily basis, so you, you have access to knowledge nobody else has. And so, correct. Uh, they do. I, you, you are, yeah. So what, what do just we the transportation do? aspect of it, Corey. Just the trans. How many people have you talked to when the consultation calls say, "Well, I'm just going to put it in the back of my truck and bring it to you." Most of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All and of them. All of them. And we try to push Patriot Shield. We push Patriot right. Shield, and to them, it sounds like you know, it sounds like a um, a sales pitch. We tell them you need you need security, and I didn't even think of you know what you told me at the top of the show, but you know. You, 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 I told you you need proper handling and storage, but I never thought of the the law aspect of it. It's crazy, right? And so that's going to be yeah, interesting, just a little interesting thing to watch. Yeah, just a little sneak peek, guys. We so like I said, ever since that, uh, ever since January, we've really just been working on ways to just kind of up our compliance and really how we deal with law enforcement. Um, smart, so we've really smart. been really, really been everything's been focused on this harvest season, and you know having a bunch of new solutions ready by October first. So. Um, that's right. That's really all we've all we've been working on this whole year. We're about to come out with some really really high end inventory management software uh, from the pharmaceutical really? space. I mean, this is how the feds transport you know oxycotton. We're really kind of bringing right. that technology, that software over track to and trace. Track and track trace. Track and trace. I know. Yeah, I know it's not mandated in hemp like it is in marijuana, but like I said, we all came from the marijuana you might as well space. Start. Yeah, set the so standard. And, you might as well set the standard. You know what I mean? Why, exactly. why not? It's, it's, it's easy to do. It's, it's, it's transparency. Listen, this is a consumable product, and you need to have that farm-to-table transparency. That's what's selling CBD right now. People don't know what they're taking. I have, I have a, 72-year-old, a 72-year-old aunt who's been taking hemp oil drops. I said, you should make a salad with that. Just make a salad. You're better off. You're not getting any CBD. So people need to know where they're getting their stuff, and, and, and like you said, the track and trace. They're doing right. it for marijuana, so the infrastructure is there. And, and why not be a pioneer? Right, they're doing in it this for space. marijuana, but you can't you can't buy marijuana on Amazon. So I don't like why isn't why aren't those same procedures being implemented in, into this space? <laughs> Crazy, yes, amazing. Yeah, yeah. you can't go you, you you can't go into CVS and and, and buy uh, marijuana, but you, you you can get some pain rub in there, some CBD rub and some CBD drops now. Yeah, unbelievable. So I'm actually really excited for this year because because I just because of that lack of traceability, I don't even really like using CBD products that much myself because they're not me, like me those neither. that aren't coming through us, right? So like smoking hemp, I have seen such bad hemp out there. <laughs> I love to smoke hemp, but 
I want to wait till I see it come through my facility off a farm that I know and really have that traceability. Well, especially now, especially now with 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 the, with the vape stuff that's coming on, you don't know what's in these cartridges. You know, I don't know what's in these drops and these rubs and stuff like that. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't know. I, I will not eat an edible. I will not eat an edible. You know, they're, you know, most of these edibles, these uh, these gummy bears and stuff like that, they're they're made in some dude's garage, and they put a sticker yeah. on some 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 label. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it's so. I mean, if you're in the business, you know that's what's happening to most of these things. They have a they have a website up there that makes them look really big with a lab, and some guy with a hairnet and beer belly making these things in his kitchen. Right. It's horrible. So, so with our so with our system, John, essentially what we'll be able to do is is we show up on directly at our farms since we're quarterbacking actual harvest as as crop goes off the field into our trucks, it'll get in, it'll get uploaded into our inventory management system which will be GPS tracked back to that exact location. You could actually check that location against an ad, uh, a registered address in the hemp registry, right? So now you know this product came from a registered hemp farm. And then from there, it stays in our system under video surveillance, tracked all the way back through our entire our entire system until it comes out in the package. Right? This is We're really trying to set the standard for that traceability and, and bring that into this, at least on the hemp flower space. Well, I think that that's part of that's something uh, we we need to. As you're ahead of the bell curve on that as well, you're you're already you're already making yourself uh, security. You're already above everybody else, and you know people need to understand that uh, that what you're doing is making them more legit. Um, it, it's a it's a it's something that I appreciate, and so. You know, let's let's talk a little bit more about what you guys can do. Uh, we got you know seven minutes left. Um, we've got seven minutes left here. Why don't you guys talk a little bit more about your services and what you what you can help some of the listeners get through? Uh, you know, in their in their process. Uh, let's let's talk about that. So, go ahead. The floor is open. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm you know we're a, a full hemp third party logistics company, um, and you know our our goal is to be able to help our clients with with asset management, right? This is taking, you know, a valuable product, probably the most valuable commodity that's out there right now. It's not something people are used to dealing with. This is a commodity that's worth this much money, and we want, we want to help our clients all the way from the time we come in and help them, you know, with the possession of that product to the time they have money in their bank account. Really, whatever problems they face along the way. So. If we get calls from, you know, this year, Corey, we help clients actually deliver genetics. So if we get a call from a farmer that's putting his first seed in the ground, we can help bring that seed to his farm. We can help connect him with consultants like yourself, HempLogic, and your guys' crew that can come and help them successfully get that to a, a plant that's ready to harvest. And then from that point, we can come back in, help quarterback that harvest plan, and then transport that product back to a facility, either our facility where we can dry, cure, trim and package that hemp flower or to another partner's facility where we can, you know, bring it to a dryer, get it baled, or, you know, probably just push them to you guys to help them come up with a, you know, a solid harvest plan for their biomass and then Mm -hmm. connect them to a lab. We've got a a really good network of labs. We work with labs all over the country. That's the great thing. You kind of touched on this earlier, John, about our kind of piece in this industry as Patriot Shield Security and Transportation. The only people that call us for anything are real businesses. We're not really dealing with right. brokers or it's, you know, if somebody calls us for transportation, they're moving real weight. So right. we're, we're working well, with real labs. When I, that are, when I bought my, 
when I bought my <clears throat> when we bought our genetics, you know, the, the one guy, you know, was uh, I, I don't want to get into the whole story, but anyway, uh, I said, so how are we going to get this to Medford? And they're like, oh, we'll just have UPS come pick it up. I'm like, no, that is not going to work. And then the other guy goes, I didn't even know this. He goes, I'll just call Patriot Shield. I said, well, that's who I was going to call. So. Okay, we're on the same page here. So, the <laughs> UPS. Uh, no, not as big a check that I just wrote. I'm not. It's not going UPS. I don't care how good a tracking system they've got. So, yeah, your your reputation <laughs> precedes you, gentlemen. Well, that's, that's yes, good to hear. Exactly. That's good to hear. And, uh, and, and, yeah, and I, 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 I've been. Uh, dealing with David and I always go to David. David's one of my big references. I always go to David for whatever uh, thing I got going on. David's been a, a great help the past few months since I started with Hemp Logic with, with a, a few different things. So, Appreciate um, that, John. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah, I'll, I'll, exactly, I'll buddy. In, John. Yeah. 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 And guys, it's good to hear that you guys are at the forefront like that. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say that definitely uh, goes vice versa there too, guys. I, I don't know anybody that I talk to that doesn't come back around and ask me if I've if I've heard of uh, Corey Sharp and Hemp Logic and seen what they think about what we're trying to do on this, this or that or whatever. So it all, it's always kind of circling yeah, back I, back around to you guys too. So it's it's kind of cool, guys. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it tells yeah. us that the industry is a small industry inside Correct. the bigger industry. You know, there's players. You know, we had Jeff Paws on, or Pace, sorry, Jeff Pace yesterday on, and you know, he, there, there, there's people that have cut out niches, and, and they're part of this this smaller group, and you can trust them because they're doing the, the vetting and and getting rid of all the the bad weeds out of there, out of the thing. So, um, so real quick, guys, if you want to, you know, plug plug your phone number, plug your uh, your website, website, uh, let people know how you can, yeah, let us know how you can get a hold of you guys. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. So um, probably the best way to get in touch with us is anybody can go to our website, PatriotShieldSecurity.com, click on the Request Our Services tab, and we've got a really nice uh, just, you know, online form that you can click on for about seven or eight different services that we offer, everything from warehousing to transport, security monitoring, you know, what, what have you. Go ahead and click on that link, fill out the form, give us the information, and one of our accounts managers will reach out to you. So, that's PatriotShieldSecurity.com, request our services, and then just fill out the form that's applicable, applicable to what you're talking about. Uh, our phone number, if you want to just call in, is 1-800-483-9613. That's 1-800-483-9613. Or you can just uh, give either one of uh, me or Dave uh, an email at Ross at PatriotShieldSecurity.com or David at PatriotShieldSecurity.com. And, uh, yeah, uh, Instagram is at Patriot Shield Security. Um, yeah, Google us. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. The Google. The Google. Love the Google. You know, guys. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for trouble. Yes. I just want to say a thanks for doing what you're doing and helping the farmers out. And we're all going to have to round, round up at the end of the season and, and, and see what uh, what troubleshooting we came up with and uh, uh, just keep on propping up those people who need the support. Thanks again. Thanks again for the show. A lot of information yeah. as well. John, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. This. No, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I was just telling John, I think we're, we're getting – we're getting uh, we're getting this podcasting down a little bit. It's still 
herky-jerky. Someone said, well, you should record your podcast and clean them up. And I was like, well, that's not me. Uh, I yeah. like being live. <laughs> I, think, I think that I think being on the tightrope over the Grand Canyon is kind of fun. It makes you real. <laughs> it makes you think about what you're going to say. And then knowing me, I'm, I will put my foot in my mouth on this podcast one of these days. I promise. It's we're, not a, we're, it's we're not like me. I'll if, talk too long. Me, I'll talk too long or talk yeah. over people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of little things here, but you know what? But I, I think of you guys as friends, so being able to learn how to do podcasts and, and having friends on that allow you to be yourself, it, it just helps so much. Great. So I, I thank you guys taking the time out of your day to knock this out, and I think this has been another great podcast. So. Correct. Yeah. Also, yeah, um, I also want to throw in there too. If you guys have anything else you want to add to eating another podcast, reach out and we could uh, you tell tell us what you're finding out. We could always do a follow up, but uh, yeah, we have a couple seconds left. Corey wants to close the show. Yeah. So uh, this is <laughs> this has been Hemlock Radio. We've had uh, Patriot Shield on. It's been a great show. Thank you guys, and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys again. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, guys. Bye Take care. Bye.